People say he ain't no good And I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning And pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade Well I ain't got no money But you better believe I got it made Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing Just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. What's up, folks? Thank y'all for tuning into the Josh Terry Podcast. Hey, I want to start off this show by telling you about some of our new sponsors. Global Net Insurance Agency. Mr. Dusty Lewis over in Eastman, Georgia. You can reach him right now at 478 374 seven nine seven seven this is who i got insurance with folks mr dusty has took care of me for an extremely long time uh even when i'm late on my insurance son i can message him on facebook he always takes care of me and his staff there are just awesome over at global net so please do me a favor y'all reach out to him now and tell them that i sent you here's another new one for y'all Lori's dive in she feeds me quite regularly she's over in alamo georgia she has brought me everything from this amazing chicken salad to these Philly cheesesteaks. Dude, they're, I'm telling you, they're just really, really good. Uh, full menu on site. They cater. They do carry out. Just really cool family atmosphere. Every time I've been there or they've brought me stuff, uh, you just can't beat it. And the price is really good. And Miss Lori is just awesome. Uh, thank you all for becoming a sponsor on the show. I'm always excited when somebody that I went to school with turns out to be successful and is doing well for themselves. Shout out to Mr. Dustin Smith, Dr. Dustin Smith, and owner of Middle Georgia Total Health Center. He's my chiropractor. Uh, I'm always standing up tall. I'm always feeling good, and it's because of this guy. He's got an office in Eastman at 285 Plaza Ave. And uh, he also has a location at 126 North 2nd Street in Cochrane. You can call his Eastman office at 478-6011 or the Cochrane office at 478-934-8801. Look them up on Facebook at Middle Georgia Total Health or email them. MidGATotalHealth at gmail.com. Go check out Dr. Smith and all of his staff. Uh, he's going to get you feeling right. You're not going to be disappointed to go get Mr. Smith's hands on you. I told y'all the other day about my guy over at Oxley Performance Computers. Matt Oxley has took care of all of our computer needs. He's got me set up with a whole new PC. Uh, my soundboard, my everything is running way better. Uh, I did not know how bad off I was just getting something from Best Buy. This dude has hooked me up to where my laptop's better, my desktop's better, everything that I needed, he hooked me up with, and he did it for a damn good price. Y'all go check out Matt Oxley at Oxley Performance Computers at 
And here's his website at oxleypc.com. That's where you can find him at on Facebook as well. Go look my dude up and tell him to hook you up. I told y'all we had several new sponsors on the show. And right here is the last one. So y'all hold tight and then we're going to roll into the show. This one right here is why I've been looking so damn good though. Miss Reagan. Reagan Rise Fitness. She helps men and women lose fat and build muscle. She customized nutrition and training plans. Workouts can be done in the gym or at home. She has hooked me up, told me what to eat, told me how much to eat, and also gave me a workout plan that doesn't hurt my body. You can find her at Facebook at Reagan, that's R-A-E-G-A-N, last name M-I-L-H-O-L-E-N, and her IG R-A-E-G-A-N-A-R-I-S-E Fitness. Go check her out. Tell her I sent you. And last but not least, and I'm very excited to tell y'all about this lady, uh, Miss Jessica Wolf over at Lovely Lotus. Lovely Lotus is probably about to start making all of our shirts, hats, cups, pins, etc., 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 uh, you can get in touch with her through any of her social media. Just look up Lovely Lotus. She made a bunch of stuff for me, uh, a couple sample things or whatever, because we've had problems getting uh, the merchandise and the stuff that we wanted. And I'm telling y'all, just go to my Facebook and look up Jessica Wolf and Lovely Lotus. Uh, check her out now because the stuff that she sent me, jam up. I absolutely love it. And uh, from now on, I imagine this lovely young lady is going to be the person that's doing our gear so check her out jessica wolf lovely lotus now let's see who today's guests are well folks today with me i got somebody who's very very talented she's a great singer songwriter she's got a huge following on tiktok and the rest of her social media things uh i say things like i'm not supposed to say instagram and facebook and all that shit i don't know why i just said things uh miss Brittany kellogg thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to hang out with me today Thank you for having me. I was surprised. Like, uh, you popped up on something of mine and it was like, you followed me. And I was like, why is this woman following me? And then, uh, I automatically started looking at your stuff and I was like, Oh, she's a badass. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, okay, I've got to reach out to her like right away. Oh, thank you. Um, That's awesome. so you, you got what? Almost a million followers on TikTok, right? I'm so close and I'm actually, I'm going to Vegas next week and I'm like, oh man, I'm, I think at like nine, seven, almost nine seventy, And I'm like, that's a lot in a week, 30,000, but I'm like, that'd be so freaking cool to like pop a bottle of champagne and celebrate a million followers in Vegas. So we'll see, but yeah, super blown away by it. What, uh, what started people, I guess, uh, getting attached to you on social media, your music? Yeah, so it's actually my TikTok story is really funny. I was, you know, during the shutdown, I have two older boys, they're almost 13 and 14. And so during the complete shutdown, we live in the Pacific Northwest. So it was like, we literally couldn't leave our house unless we were going to the doctor for 30 days. And we're all cooped up in the house. And my son, I think he was like 11 at the time was like, trying to teach me all these stupid dances off this app called TikTok. And I was like, at this point, I totally just thought it was like this app where people dance, which I think is kind of how it started. 
Um, and then uh, I finally like did a few dances with him and he like begged me to have a TikTok. He wanted one. And I said, the only way you're getting one is if I get one too. And I'll like have him on the same profile. And then I had a friend, you may know her, May Estes. She's an incredible artist in Nashville. Yeah, she, I don't I don't know her, know her, but I we've got some very close mutual friends with her. Yeah, she's amazing. And she had a song go viral. And, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to give it 90 days and I'm going to post every single day for 90 days. And doing that 90 days, it definitely was like, okay, I don't want to go viral off something stupid that's like, me like trying to be funny like that's not who I am I'm a singer songwriter so during that time I really I think started to like hone in on like what people liked what they didn't uh, the day before my 90 day mark was February 13th and I was talking to my friend and I was like people don't like they're not connecting and I don't I don't know if it's me like I think I had 700 followers after almost 90 days and I was like you know super discouraged Next day, I posted a song uh, called Back of My Mind that I wrote about my ex's new lover. And I just said in the video, like, do you ever feel sorry for your ex's new lover? And it was on Valentine's Day and it went viral and the rest is history. So like I kind of found my niche where it was like, do you do this? I wrote a song for you. Do you do this? I wrote a song for you. And it's just kind of evolved over time. So I'm so grateful that like I ended up going viral over my music and not something <laughs> completely not related. Yeah. Uh, I've got a bunch of buddies that struggle with that because that TikTok's just so weird when it comes to musicians. Like it's so, so weird. And I love the fact that you released that on Valentine's day. We got a friend, his name's Justin Dukes and he went through a very bad, like he was engaged. It went South. Um, and he wrote a song called the ring and it is amazing. And we tried to talk him into releasing it on Valentine's Day as an anti-Valentine's Day song. And he was like, nobody's going to want to hear a sad song on Valentine's Day. And I was like, yes, yes, oh, they, yes, they, yes they will. Yes, they will. Yes, they are. And uh, luckily, he, well, he didn't do it. He's co it's coming out soon, so y'all listen out for that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like that you did that. Um, and I, I also like the fact that you didn't want to go viral for something stupid. I get a lot of folks that want to do the show and I go look at their, their whole account and everything. And it's just like, how did you even get a thousand? How did you get five people to pay you attention? You're a moron. And yeah, I, yeah, I just can't, I can't stand it. It honestly, like it was really, I started, you know, doing some, my husband and I like flopped her Christmas tree and I did like a video of us. This was like in the first 90 days. I did a video where I put like a nylon on his head and like, it was really funny, but I'm like, this is just, I'm trying to like get views and attention for the wrong reasons. Like, yeah. I guess I was, I was just really trying to like, I mean, the, all of it was because of my music. But then I think once I realized that my music really is about storytelling, um, like country music, you know, should be, or, or, not should be, but you know what I mean? Like it's where the, oh, no, it should, it should, where it should be. Started, it, right? it should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's where our roots started. And so I, I really like, I almost realized through like the people that followed me and the comments that my music is really changing people. And so that, that was kind of where I just started, you know, releasing and writing meaningful, more meaningful music and not just walking into a right saying like, what do you want to write? It was like, no, I have this song and this song and this song <laughs> and I want to write all of them. Yeah. Bobby, when we did the Bobby Pinson show two weeks ago, 
he literally told me something in the episode that just it blew my mind because I'd never thought of it the way that he said it before. And he was like, you've got to write one great song before you can write a lot of good songs, like to get, to, to get people's attention. So like when you put something out on social media or whatever, and you don't have a pub deal or record deal, like a bunch of these folks don't like you have to, you're not going to get a second chance at a first, like a first attention with somebody. They're going to either really like you right off the bat or there's not. I get discouraged with a lot of these guys. Uh, I have nothing against the fellow I'm, like uh, that I'm about to say his name, Bailey Zimmerman. He's, he's blown up on TikTok. He's played some shows with some of my buddies and everything, but like you've got songwriters now that they literally put out just the first verse or their catchiest line of the song. And they haven't finished writing the whole song yet. They, they want to see if it's going to blow up before they write the rest of it. It's kind of genius, but at the same time, in my mind, it really takes away from the art of writing. Like some of my favorite songs were never a single. They were the last track on an album, the one that nobody ever went back and listened to, or it never got radio play. The best music to me in the world doesn't get on radio anyway. But it's just I like, agree. but it's just like, how can some of these people put something out there and you don't even know if you can write the rest of it yet? <laughs> I, I have only actually done that one time. Yeah. And it kind of backfired, not in a bad way, but I started this song is actually I was sitting at my, the table I'm at right now. And I was like yelling at my 12 year old, like, please be quiet. I just need to like record this song. It was like this song about a boy, like my little man. And it like, I wrote it in 10 minutes. Cause someone was like, can you just write a song about a boy? And I literally like sang it, posted it. And I was like, this is the dumbest <laughs> song. Like it's the dumbest. It was literally a verse and a chorus and yeah. it was terrible, like terrible. And it went, I think it has 4 million views or something stupid. <laughs> like it went crazy viral. And like, I was at the gym. I went straight to the gym after and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, this is the song, the terrible song that I just wrote. So then I like went to some friends in Nashville and I was like, okay, like now we got to write this song. Right. Because it went viral and we were all laughing. And so we turned it into a wedding song. And oh, do I have some pissed people because that's not the song they wanted. They wanted this upbeat song about a boy. And instead, I turned it into a mother-son wedding dance song, which we really need a lot of. Yeah. And that actually went a little bit viral too, but nothing like that. And so I'm like, okay, never again. Because then if you don't write it the way that they expect you to, then you're just screwed because then they won't download it at the end of the day. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, to me, I'm not going to be a part of anything or help with anything unless like I put heart, soul, feel into it. I'm not listening as bad as it's going to sound. I don't want anybody's opinion on anything that I'm involved with till it's over and done with. And you're either going to like it or you're not like, That's so as, true. as far as, that. as far as like a listener goes, because you know, they don't even know if it's good yet or not. If you put out just a little snippet of it, they're going to change your mindset on something. And it's going to be like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't do this. Uh, those songs that, like I was saying, like the, the B-side songs is usually what I call them. I don't think anybody ever gave a shit about anybody hearing them. It's like that art. I always say I'd rather chase legacy than a paycheck. And I, I want like an all-time song. I want like an in color. I want to, he stopped loving her today. I want, Ugh. I want something yeah. like that. See, 
I'm obsessed with Keith Whitley. Like Keith Whitley is my all time favorite. I I was I've listened to every one of his songs a hundred thousand times. It seems like, and I just can't listen to his songs and then hear just not poppy. Poppy's the wrong word. Songs that don't have heart. Like it, totally. I just, I can't listen to the stuff no more. I totally get it. And you were right earlier. Like storytelling in country music is the most beautiful thing. Yeah. I wish more people would get back to that. I think it's coming back around. I mean, I definitely, I don't know. It's, it's all I really do. And I feel like um, if my music doesn't have a reason, like if I'm writing a song just to write a song, it just seems so to me. I don't know. I, I just really like to like go into a write and be like, this happened to me recently and I have to get off my chest or like there's, you know, I just had a baby and I want to like write about my baby. Like just, I feel like every day there's things happening around you that can create inspiration for real life songs. And that's at the end of the day, I think what people want to hear. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless you're like a 16 year old girl, they don't, they don't care like that age group right there. I hate, I hate that so many people tailor their music around that 16 to 24 age group right there. Like, I don't even remember what I was listening to back then. I, I'm 34 years old. I don't even remember what, and I like Luke Bryan. I like his old stuff, his new stuff. I'm not very, you know, not a big fan of, but it's not made for me. But I feel like when any artist, when they start trying to write for, the listener and they quit writing for themselves. That's when you kind of lose. Oh, yeah. That's when you lose everything. I totally agree. So how did I you think go ahead? No, go ahead. No, there's just a little bit of a gap between you here or whatever. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish your statement. I don't even remember what I was going to say now. Well, i ruined everything. <laughs> it's just my mom brain. It's fine. Um. So how did you get into country music in the first place? It's actually a really cool story. Um, I was six years old and my grandparents took my sister and I to see Johnny and June. Okay. And again, I live in Pacific Northwest, Portland, Oregon area. It's just not a huge country market. But for whatever reason, Johnny and June came through Portland and we went to the show and I just remember sitting there like in complete and utter disbelief like at what I was seeing, I was so mesmerized by the music, the songwriting, um, their relationship, like watching the way that they looked at each other when they sang and just like the joy that they had. I mean, I literally can remember the weather, the way it smelled in the room. Like I remember what they were wearing. Um, and I looked at my grandmother when we left and I was like, I literally don't need to go to school like anymore. This is what I want to do. And I don't need math to sing country music, but I want to be a country singer when I grow up. And so I just fell in love, started listening to country music. Reba McIntyre was the first cassette tape I ever bought and fell in love with her and really just loved listening to old, old country. Um, And it's so funny. People will hear me sing and they're like, it's so weird. You sound like you've literally lived in the South like singing country music your whole life. I'm like, well, I have been singing country music. And really like anybody that Reba McIntyre is their influence, they're going to have twang. That's just like the way it is, you know? 
And so I just, I took voice lessons and she had me sing a ton of classical stuff. Um, and even when I would do like competitions and stuff, I would always do like Broadway or classical music. And this one time my mom came in, I was singing Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Boogie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Terrible song. It's like a Broadway song. <laughs> and my mom, my mom was like, you're not singing. That. Like it sounds terrible. And <laughs> bless my mom. She was very honest. And I like had two weeks till the event and I was like, okay, well, I'm singing Reba McIntyre. And I switched it up and saying, why haven't I heard from you? And Ooh. I ended up winning. <laughs> and that for me was a game changer, to be honest, because it was like, not only do I love country music, but like now this is a new like journey for me. Like instead of singing Broadway and wanting to be on Broadway, because I think my, vo- my voice coach kind of like was like, you really should do this instead. I was like, no, I'm a country singer. I'm like, that's what I've wanted to do my whole life. And I've been working my butt off ever since. <laughs> well, good for you. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't start. I used to love writing poetry and stuff when I was younger. And uh, I got out of it in middle school because of sports and other things. And I didn't mm-hmm. start writing anything again until probably the beginning of this year. And uh, I got I did a show with the uh, with the organization out of Nashville called Creative Vets to promote them and everything that they do to help veterans. And uh, by the time we got done with it, like one of my buddies who writes with them was like, "Hey, you're you're gonna come sit down and write a song with me." And I was like, "I've never wrote one before." And they knew the story about me quitting. I quit writing poetry back in the day. Like I even got a couple poems that were published in Young Poets of America. And because of the way I got treated on the baseball or football team, I can't remember the names that I was called for writing poetry. Like I quit doing it. Like I gave it up and because I didn't want to get picked on. And when I told that story to the guys from creative vets, they were like, Oh no, you're writing a song. And now for the past, I guess, eight months, I've been obsessed with it and trying to, trying to learn to play the guitar, which I am horrible, horrible at (laughs) I thought that I could almost do anything if I put my mind to it. I cannot figure it out. My mom lied to me when she told me I could do anything as long as I worked hard at it. Yeah, I I can't. I cannot play guitar to save my life. Um, it's getting better, but good lord, it's going to take a long time. It's my- definitely. I just started playing four years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's still like, I still will play like a writer's round and I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Like I sound like crap, but whatever, at least I'm playing for myself. (laughs) Uh, well that's better than most folks. I've got some friends that, uh, that do writer's round and they have to bring that tag along with them to play guitar. And it's just like, you can write a really good song. Don't you figure that you need to kind of do this hand in hand together? I think it's almost like necessary now. Yeah. I don't think you, you took know, serious like, if you I don't think you're took serious if you can't. No, I think you're right. Cuz I can sure. I can sit here and tell you the rhythm of the song in my head, how I want it to sound, but if I can't actually pick it and show you, then it kind of just there's like what what are you talking about, you moron? Well, yeah, I, yeah, like totally. yeah, it, it doesn't go along with it. Um so I guess it took you what was uh have you lived in Nashville at all or like Kind of what's your journey with Nashville, just going back and forth? Oh, so I, when I was in high school, I swore that the day I graduated high school, I would move to Nashville. 
Um, I went when I was 15. I was Miss Teen Washington back in the day and went to Nashville for Miss Teen America and decided to stay an extra week to kind of like explore the city and, you know, see what I could see and ended up like singing in Tootsie's back then. It, oh God, it was so different back then. Like the city was just quiet and the bars are empty, you know, like you could go at 12 o'clock in the afternoon to Tootsie's and there would be no one in there. Um, which obviously it's very different now, but we went and I sang on stage and this guy came up to me, um, they were with curb records and they were like, we love you. We love your voice. We'd love for you to write with some of our, our writers. So I came and wrote with Austin Cunningham, who's a Texas country guy. Um, we wrote a song and it was like, it's called home. And it's basically a song about how Nashville like feels like home to me. I was bullied a lot growing up because I always, always singing everywhere I went. And I wasn't the prettiest thing when I was in middle school. And so I just got made fun of a whole lot. And I felt like when I landed in Nashville, it was like, I literally felt like I was home. Like no one, everybody was accepting of me as a singer and they loved my voice. And it just felt like, wow, I was finally getting like seen for who I was. And so we wrote that song and then I ended up falling in love in high school and making the decision to follow him around as a teenager does and kind of ended up like giving up my not you know my career my love for music my writing all my traveling to Nashville all of that because he was a very like jealous person and it just he had a basketball career and it was just you know difficult so um kind of took a break there, had two, two amazing boys. And then after um, our divorce, I was like, okay, I'm never, ever going to give up something that I love ever again. And I started commuting. So now um, I spend, gosh, I don't know. I try to spend about half time in Nashville, half time here. And basically what that looks like is I go there for a week, like Sunday to Saturday and I have rights every single day. Um, sometimes too, I do the writer's rounds and perform in the evenings and just try to get pack as much in as I can. I do all my records out there too. So all my recording is done out there as well. That's cool. Uh, well, first off, one thing that really just hit me with that is uh, when I started going up there several years ago, if you just, if you got that creative soul, there's no place better to be like you're creativity drives creativity and the people that you're around there compared to the people we're around in our like hometowns they just don't get it they did they and it's like there's a magic to that city i wish i could have been going before it got so commercialized uh because like even when i go now i stay on demumbrian or i stay at losers or red door like i don't go downtown yep. i don't i it's it's if i'm at broadways because i got one buddy that plays aj's and he's he's a badass but that, that's the only re I hate Broadway. I really I do. Um, but yeah, when you when you get there and you realize that everybody's got the same mindset as you, everybody's a dreamer, everybody's chasing something, it just hits a whole different like it's it's I just love it there. I couldn't live there because I would I would develop serious 
serious drinking problems and women problems. Like I, it would, it would not do well for me. Uh, so I live in Georgia, but I'm up there at least one week out of every month recording shows, doing stuff and everything. Yeah. And I uh, like, I, I wouldn't want to change it. You said that you got bullied a lot and everything. Like when you were growing up, I did too. And, uh, so that's one reason why, like I, I quit doing the poetry and stuff, but there, I got picked on all kinds. I was fugly. I look back at, I, pictures, was too. I look back at pictures of me and it's like, thank God for facial hair. Cause if it wouldn't have been for a beard, I'd have been in trouble a long time ago. Um, but kind of what you were just telling me is me and your stories a lot alike. And, uh, I got the opportunity to talk to Aaron Lewis not long ago and, mm-hmm. uh, and me and him just having a drink at a golf uh, tournament and everything that's bullshitting. And, um, he was telling me how he got picked on growing up and, uh, he's like, I got picked on all the way through high school. He said, I didn't play sports. I was in the band. I was in chorus and all this kind of stuff. He's like, I got picked on all the time. And he said, but first time I played with Stain and we put something out, all those people that used to bully me were suddenly kissing oh, yeah. my ass, boy. And that's the, the, to me, that's the best feeling ever is I hate, I hate that I have like that chip on my shoulder, but I think it also drives me because I want to have those moments with people that were shitty to me growing up. And I want them to kind of look and see what I'm doing now with my life. And it's just like, you know what? I ain't got nothing against somebody working a nine to five, living a regular life. Nothing at all. It wasn't made for me. Like I want, I want more out of this no. life. Absolutely. I've definitely had some experiences where it's like, um, like in high school when I was Miss Teen Washington, I walked, I was in jazz choir. I did not play sports either. I was in jazz choir and drama and I was the pageant girl and I walked into school for jazz choir, which was a zero period. So it was six 30 in the morning. No one else was at school. And I had been on the front page of the school newspaper, like in my crown and banner as Miss Teen Washington. And there were newspapers, literally hundreds of them, like po- plastered all over the school walls with like Sharpie and like horrible names and just like so hateful and it was like the week before I left for Nashville. And it was just one of those moments where it was like looking back now, I mean, I never knew who did it, but I can't imagine now what they think like, cause my town's pretty small and I still live in the town that I went to high school. So, you know, that I, I just like, I try to tell my kids it's, it's really important how you treat people now because they're, they're going to carry that with them their whole life. I mean, I still, struggle with that like internal just like how they made me feel and like truly believing that I'm worthy of what I have you know and like that I I am good enough singer and like you know I am talented enough and I'm a good songwriter but it's hard because of those those bullies and those people that like you know told you you weren't enough it's it's terrible like really does make build who you are as a person you're you're a lot nicer about it than I am I'm not I am an asshole to most of these people now. Like I, I, I like, I hate to big league anybody or at like that, but I literally go back and I start to think when some of these people hit me up for something, we've had people come to the studio that certain folks have wanted to meet and everything like this, or they'll ask me, Hey, next time you go to Nashville, can I come? And it's just like, especially women, women are way worse than men because me being, fug- yeah. me being fugly growing up, a lot of these women, that I could have had a crush on. I could have shot my shot with back in the day or whatever. Didn't pay me any attention. And now it's like, Oh, you got something going for you. And it's like, I'm the same person I was back then. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I would be kind of an asshole. I'd be like, look, really? Like you were ugly to me in high school. You were mean to me in my early twenties. And now you want me to take you to a concert? You want to, you want to go meet somebody with me? No, nah, no, nah, you can go to hell. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. No one has ever like reached out to me that was mean to me. And I don't know if it's a girl thing because 90% of the people that were mean to me were girls. So I think they're probably too like ashamed or like embarrassed at this point to like reach out. But there is a girl actually that if she ever even came close to saying anything to me, I don't, I didn't go to high school with her, but she has, this is totally random, but she has like tried to like message my husband on like Instagram and stuff. And then I we see her at the gym all the time. And I literally want to be like, listen up. My husband tells me everything (laughs) and I know you're trying to hit on him. That's far. I would be, I would not be very nice if like, well, one one of the things I put out into the world is like, Nobody told me I had to be nice to everybody anyway. I, I, I'm bad about this. Like, I, if you're respectful to me and you're nice to me, I, I'm a loyal dog. I, I really am. I will do anything I can to help you. But the second, like, I feel like your intentions aren't good or you're just getting me a bad, a bad vibe. For a long point in my life, I was a doormat. And I really just try to make everybody happy one way or another. I would give up so much of myself to make others happy. I lived, I I say this a good bit. I lived so uncomfortable to make other people comfortable. And I don't do that anymore. Like I'm going to be me good or bad. And if somebody is just acting like that or being weird towards me, I will walk up to you now, shake your hand and be like, look, quit fucking messaging them. Like you, you know, you, you, you're a shitty person, you know, that I'm married, Mm -hmm. you know, like I would call them out and just in the loudest room possible. I love that. I, I'm, it's definitely a journey. I will say like learning to like be better about creating boundaries and like really just being able to say no or being able to like live your truth. I think it's a, a really like, it's a hard, a hard thing to learn especially like when you grow up feeling like that wasn't acceptable to speak your truth you know yeah that learning no is so important uh yeah it is yeah i don't think i probably learned it till i was about 30 i'll be 35 in september like i don't think i learned it till the past several or the past couple years but it gives you so much like mental health like it just it literally helps you so much when you figure out to say no sometimes is the best thing you can do. And if you really want to put it in perspective, think about how many times somebody's told you no. Like so many people have literally not done something for me that I needed them to do, but then I'm a dumbass and I'll go do something for them. That treat people the way you want to be treated stuff only works if somebody's got a good heart. Yep. I will. will, Yeah. But uh, so what's some of the stuff you got uh, coming up now or what is some of the stuff you're working on or some recent releases or anything? Yeah. So I am really wanting to start working on a full length album. Um, I put out a six song EP in 2020. I'm sorry, 2019. And I've been writing a ton and have a ton of amazing songs that I want to put out. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, finding $40,000 laying around in the couch. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm trying to figure out when I, when I'm going to start it. Um, 
but I, my most recent release, I'm trying to think which, which one was my most recent. I think when I, I think when I looked it up, it was Legoland, wasn't it? Oh yeah. King of Legoland. Yeah. So my son, Caden is on the spectrum. He's ADHD. He's an amazing, amazing kid. And, um, I really wanted to write a song and I just had this idea King of Legoland in my head for a long time. And so we wrote, wrote a song for just those kids that are a little bit more unique and special and so that they had a song for them. And Lego is actually sending us to Legoland in September. And um, I'm so excited. He, they like, they're having the King suite for him and it's just, it's going to be an amazing opportunity. So yeah, that was my most recent release. And my little man is also the wedding song that I wrote. I'm trying to get that one released for weddings and then I'm actually, I've been doing this thing on TikTok. You might've seen like I'm doing from different point of views. Yeah. Um, and so the LV Shane song, my boy, my girl, I'm working on getting the licensing to release that from like a stepmom's point of view. Um, and so I'll be releasing both versions, my boy and my girl. And then also Maddie and Tay's die from a broken heart from the mom's perspective. So I'm working on getting all three of those licensed so that I can release them. The LV Shane one shouldn't be an issue, but um, the Maddie and Tay one, I've changed quite a few words. So I just want to make sure I get all the proper licensing, but it should be kind of fun. I didn't realize you had to do that. Yeah, it's it's like a really big deal. Um, and I mean, I've the My Boy, My Girl ones, every like they've gone pretty viral. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to post them because I, you know, I think there's a lot of like, especially for weddings and stuff, there's a lot of stepmoms that dance with their kids, um, their stepkids. And I, I started Googling it. And like, I, I almost wonder if his team started like watching my TikTok, TikToks, because every time I would post it, like if I, I genuinely, like every time I post one, that's not my song. I always put that person's song as the sound the problem is then whoever is using tiktok cannot use my that like my ah, voice that's singing. yeah does that yeah. make sense yeah, so it it's does. not the sound yeah so they're like please make this a sound like whenever i click on your sound it's him singing well so i posted one and within five seconds it said community guidelines violation like you're cut off so i can't even though it's like not the same words I think like they're watching. So I, and obviously I want to do things the right way. So yeah, like with licensing, you have to license that you're doing it as a cover. And if you're changing the words at all, then you have to get like special licensing and you actually have to like pay a percentage. It's kind of wild. So, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought when you just did covers, um, I don't know. I, I just didn't realize that. And also when you check, well, I guess you have to, change so much of it though for it to become your own anyway yeah i mean when it's, when it's just a cover like and yeah. you're literally singing the song as it was then you just do like you know go through an agency and get the license to release it as a cover and it's literally like not a big deal i think you pay like a one-time fee of 30 dollars. but like when it, you're changing any words at all it becomes kind of different because then you know and i know honestly it's i feel like it's kind of a touchy subject because I've had people come on my TikTok and say like, I can't believe you're changing the words to like a song that was written by someone like that's so disrespectful. And I guess like 
for me, if somebody took Hey Mama or Back of My Mind and like flipped it into like another version, like I would be so touched. I think I would be like, wow, that what a beautiful perspective to my song. And just bring more, I mean, like for LV Shane specifically, I've sent so many people to his song that wanted a stepped up version. So Yeah, I, I don't I don't see how I really don't see why somebody would get mad. Like if you were being disrespectful, like if you changed it to where it would just was trash or something like that. But if you're just like putting your own spin on it from that perspective. I mean, there's so many songs that I love that female artists do and I hear them and I'm like, ah, I just wish there was a man version of this. Right. Because I can't sit there and just, don't get me wrong now. I will belt strawberry wine in a heartbeat. I will sing my little fat heart out strawberry wine, but I really wish there was the perspective of the dude in that song. That would be amazing. Yeah. I've heard. I mean, yeah, I I've, can hear it already. Yeah, I've heard like Sam Hunt and everybody else cover it and change it a little bit, but you actually like do it from the perspective of the the different side of it, right? Yeah. So like my most recent one is Austin by Blake Shelton. Oh. And so the yeah, the the perspective is me as Austin. So that's, I'm, you know, saying, yeah. That's I needed genius. to go back to Austin because I talked about it all the time and then I have to post the second verse, but um, I actually wrote like Jolene, but I said Dolly and people were up in arms because I said her eyes were brown and they are. You better never say Dolly's eyes are brown because they aren't brown. I hate people. I, I hate. I, I don't even it. I don't even know what color eyes Dolly has. I didn't know she had eyes till right now. I mean, I'm like, guys need to calm down. These are like super fans, I'm assuming. But they're like, wow, like you wrote a song about her and you couldn't even look up a picture of her to like see what color her eyes are. And I'm like, bro, I Googled Dolly Parton eye color. I look at the first thing says brown. Perfect. I don't need to like, she could be wearing contacts. You don't know. Some say blue, some say green. We got super fans on my TikTok fighting about her eye color. And I'm like, y'all need to chill out. It's just a rewrite. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I hate so. people. That, that's why I will post something or you will just have these negative ass people. I have done so good. I heard something a long time ago and it's like, when you post something on social media, never read your comments, like never read it. Because even if it's 90% good, you're going to focus on that 10% bad. And I'm the worst. I will get in there and I, I will say, I'll read the comment. I'll see how stupid it is. And then it's like, Okay, I'm not going to respond, not going to respond, not going to respond. 30 minutes later, it's still in my head. And it's mm-hmm. like, and it's like, I got such a good, smart ass mouth. I can, I can roast anybody. And it was just, I, I always have to go back and do it. I almost always, unless it's just something so stupid, like a faceless profile or anybody like that. I just kind of leave that alone. Oh, yeah. But if it's a real ass person that says something to me, I usually got to give them the business. Hey. You do you. I used to get really worked up. And now I just either one of two things, either I delete the comment, which is 99% of the time, if they're being rude or just like annoying, I just delete it. Because like, I don't want that shit on my page, to be honest. And like me responding to them isn't going to do anything than fuel their fire. But if I can come up with something like this guy actually posted on one of my rewrites the other day, he said, could have tried a little harder. And I responded and said, is that what your woman said? Dad, a girl. 
And then I was like, God, that was a good response. And he was like, that's a good one. Okay, okay. Like, it was good, but it was like, so normally <laughs> I don't respond. I just delete because it's not going to, it's literally always the faceless profiles that just want to come on and say hurtful things. Somebody was like, um, what's your, what are your pronouns? Like basically saying I look like a dude. I don't know. I'm like, come on. You're not like, I got made fun of so much in middle school. Like your comments are not hurting my feelings. No <laughs> shit. Thank you. I'm right? glad somebody else gets it. My skin is so thick because, so thick. Of, because the way I got treated growing up, you can't hurt my feelings. You're wasting your breath hurting my, or trying to hurt my feelings. Yep. I Every wish day. When, I I yeah. wish I had more feelings sometimes because I yeah. I'm numb to that shit. It's a good thing I think especially on social media. I mean it's I had one experience and and again I posted a video that had nothing to do with my music. Thank God I used one of my songs in the background so I got the stream counts for it cuz this video went viral for the dumbest reason. <laughs> I went natural with my hair while well, I'm going more natural. My hair was platinum blonde for like 10 years. I didn't, I had no idea what my natural color was. And so I posted this, like going natural today. Like, you know, I'm super excited to see this process, blah, 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 blah. Well, the girl that did my hair, like wanted to do it super gradually. And this, Oh my God, people were so pissed. They were literally so mad because it wasn't dark enough. They were like, oh, it looks exactly the same. Or, oh, like you do realize your hair is dark brown. Like, oh, oh, oh. And it was like millions of comments of just like angry people about my hair. And it like really, it really affected me because every comment was negative. There wasn't anything positive. And I was like, God. And I'm still getting, you know, how some, sometimes your videos will like randomly, like people still comment on yeah. them. And I'm like, would you let it go? Go look at a current photo. My hair is dark brown now. You win. Like, you're so annoying. We, Ugh, I just hate people. I do too. <laughs> we, uh, I hate every fucking body almost. We were in a, a video. One of my buddies, his name's uh, JC Anderson. He, he's a singer and everything up in Nashville. He uh, just came out with his first thing in a long time. He used to open up for some big name folks, and then he had to have vocal surgery. So, like, right. for the past several years, he's been kind of down or been taking it a little bit easier or whatever. And so he just released his first, like, music video in a long time when he got a new publishing deal. And uh, anyway, so I'm, like, the the groom in the video. It's a wedding song. It's called Worst Day. And uh, it is a great, beautiful song. My big brother and some more folks wrote it. And uh, it's, just, it's just a great song. But in the video, we didn't – they didn't want to spend a whole lot of money – for the video and we ended up working some stuff out with whale tail uh up in nashville shout out to y'all guys you guys are awesome um but in the video me and another girl who's big on social media got married everybody that watched the fucking video just the clip that we put out at the very beginning thought that i got married in nashville after it says in the video time and time again this is you know the wait for the worst day coming out soon. It's a music video and all this kind of stuff. People don't pay attention. They don't, no. they don't, they don't pay attention, but then the comments were hateful talking about, cause I'm bald headed and everything like people just get on there. And it's like, how miserable can you be to just take time out of your day just to bash somebody? 
Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never had that in me. I'm not gonna just randomly look at shit on if I don't like something on TikTok or Instagram, or whatever. I'm probably gonna block it, or I'm gonna hit not interested. And I don't, right. I, I don't have to respond. I don't have to give you my two cents. People thinking that their opinion matters more than your opinion is what's so fucked up about social media to me. I completely agree. I, and I, I can't remember Megan Patrick posted something that was like super badass about it. Like, and people always say, look, well then don't put it online if you don't want people's opinion. And it's like, it is my page. Like you literally came to my personal page to say something hateful. I just like, it's so bizarre to me that people must be so sad in their own life. And honestly, like it's heartbreaking for me to like, I like, of course, as a mom, I think of like my kids, like, I wonder like, where's their parents? Do they need a hug? Like, I like think about like these like sweet things, you know, when I really just want to like flip them off or whatever, but that just gives them joy. It gives them the response they want. They want it. They want Mm -hmm. to know that they touched you. Like good, bad, whatever. They want to know that they got to you. Yeah. I, I try it's like my ex husband. He does the same shit all the time. Well, I know about those situations. I got I, I've never been married. Like I'm weird about marriage. Uh like I want to do it. Like I don't knock anybody that's done it a couple times. Like I, I really I d I didn't I don't believe in getting married young anyway. I didn't know who I was until I got close to twenty eight, twenty nine. And I don't know how people make a commitment to somebody when you don't even know who you are yet. I I do my best to tell folks that all the time. Figure out who you are before you make a lifetime commitment to somebody. I got told that a million times, and I still didn't listen. And now I 100% get it. Well, that was part of your journey, though. Do you you think that it's Yeah, I mean, sometimes we got to – now, God lets us go through hell just so we know what heaven's worth. And – 100%. Yeah, I'm glad I went through all the bullshit. I was a bad person from the ages of like 18 to 22. Been to jail, got a DUI. I just not a good person. And when I talk to people about that, I try to tell them it's literally the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Though is it helped me have a different view to where I was successful in radio, successful doing this. I I needed to go down those roads. I'm grateful for them. I wouldn't even I wouldn't go back and change them. I hate that I ever got my ass in trouble and I hurt some people's feelings and, and let some people down. But at the same time, it made me the man I am now. We got 100%. to do that. Absolutely. I I think my my first marriage definitely, and I was in a relationship after that that was pretty serious that I ended and completely broke his heart, broke his family's heart. I hurt a lot of people's feelings. And I just wasn't for a couple of years, I was incredibly selfish. And I look back and I, it it was like one of the worst times of my life, but I'm honestly so grateful that I went through that period just because I realized like what's important and, you know, as, as hard as it was and as many people as I heard, it was the right decision. And like, I could have just done it a little bit more gracefully, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll one up you on that one. So, uh, I'm a, I'm a suicide survivor from back in 2010. And I tell people that's the best and worst day of my life, like all the time, because it literally, what I do now helping veteran organizations, helping people are mission 22 creative vets, other things with mental health issues. The only reason I ever got involved because I'm not a veteran is probably six, seven years ago when I first started to get a little notoriety on social media, 
in radio and everything, I shared my story, my battles with depression and anxiety when I was younger. And uh, just I go real into detail with it. Well, next thing you know, you had you had these organizations, you had just normal people reaching out to you and be like, I needed to hear that. And that's when it clicked in my head was I had to go down that road. The, the good Lord knew that I was strong enough to come out the other side and everything to where I'm not, I don't, I'm not even taboo about talking about stuff anymore. Like it literally is where some people get scared to talk about mental health or talk about whatever. I, it don't even phase me. I don't even think twice. I could be a crowd full of people with nothing but happy folks around me. And I'd be like, yeah, I tried to commit suicide one time because I was in a dark and depressed place. And they're like, how can you even talk about this? You're weird. But if it wasn't for those those dark places, those a failed marriage, uh, my bullshit, yeah. you you wouldn't be the person you are today. You kind of need that stuff to happen to you. Absolutely, and I'm really honest too. Like I my let you know, I have a, a very large mom following, and uh, I'm very upfront with my following that I take medication for depression and anxiety every single day, and I struggle with it, and I have days where I don't want to get out of bed. You know, I think it's so easy to take a look at me on social media and go like, oh my gosh, she's, her life is so great. She's married. She has three kids. She's so happy. And I have days where I'm sad and where I don't want to do anything. And honestly, like, I, I really think that, you know, for the most part, my journey with music has kept me just inspired and, and feeling alive and um, the TikTok community has been really be a beautiful place. I'm sure you can relate. Like there's obviously the negative, but for the most part, there's it's such a really great community of people that just want to support each other. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. I get out there be days I just sit in my room. I watch TV all day. I nap most of the time. I just in a dark ass room. I still battle it every single day. I don't. I don't take medication. Uh, it, it, my personality and is just so big and I'm so loud and obnoxious and everything that when I tried to take it when I was younger, I didn't like who I was. So I had to figure out how to define my triggers when I start feeling a funk coming on, how to deal with it and deal with it the right way. Uh, I like to drink. I like to have a good time, but if I'm in a depression or a funk or whatever, I won't drink. Like I just, I know what to do and what not to do. And, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad though, that you, uh, that you have that support, that support system is huge when it comes to battling depression. Totally. I'm really lucky. My husband's so incredibly supportive too. And he'll just, he knows when I'm in a funk, um, and he'll be like, what can I do? Oh, flowers or make me dinner or, Aww. you know, do things that he can to make, to make it a little bit better. But I'm with you on you know, knowing, knowing the triggers and knowing like what I, I know for me, when I go on like a big trip or I go to Nashville or I go, I have like a big opening show for a big artist and there's like all this like up, you know, and then it's over. Yeah. And it's just, I completely crash and I go through like, you know, a week of just being so sad and and I, for the longest time, couldn't figure it out. Like my husband's like, you just like opened for Kane Brown. Like you, it was the best day ever. And I'm like, oh, like I don't want to get out of bed, you know? Cause it's just like, what's next? I'm always like looking for, I don't know. It's crazy. It's almost like the, my adrenaline just crashes. And then I need some time to be with me. It's a really, it's weird. Well, with depression, your highs are super high. Your lows are super low. It's every yep. time, every time I leave Nashville, like if when I'm up, 
there and like something good happens like it's a like a really really good trip i don't fly so it's like a six hour drive for me and that whole ride back I'm almost in tears or I'm mentally insane the entire time on the way home because my emotions are just draining out of me. And it's after when you come off those highs, it's just, you're like, ugh. Hello. Yeah. Like I just can't wait to get in my bed and waller in a fucking cheese pizza and, and watch the stupidest TV I can watch for the next couple of days. Just trying to get out of it. Uh, that's where like for me being being a mom is so challenging because I come home and I'm thrown you know here I am on stage opening for Kane Brown and Blake Shelton and I'm you know doing all this stuff I just had let's say like a video go viral again and it's up 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 and then I like come home and of course like my kids bring me so much joy but like I'm instantly thrown into being a mom yeah and it's like just like you know you go from being a, a superstar to being like a mom changing poopy diapers, cooking dinner, cleaning up your rental house, you know, like (laughs) it's just these two worlds that I live in. And I absolutely love, I love my life and I love being a mom. It's just so crazy to have those two totally different spaces. Uh, I a hundred percent know what you mean. My daughter will be 11 in September. She's my, like my best friend. Like she's, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better kid, but like, it's just different. It's hard that transition. And it mm-hmm. I, I think it drains everybody that has to go through it. It's not that we don't love being parents and love our life here, but we also love that other side and they just don't mix well. Like it, yeah. you, it's like I know that I'm not taking my eleven year old to live in Nashville and I'm not moving it. Like I would have to take her to live in Nashville. And I don't want to raise there. Like I, yeah. I, I don't Nashville. If it was 40 years ago, I'd probably be like, hell yeah, let's do it. But uh, there's, I don't, there's not much I like about Nashville besides for the people. I don't, I don't like the politics there. I don't like, I don't like, uh, just a lot of the stuff that doesn't have to do with the good hearted folks that I'm around. There's a lot of folks I'm sure like you meet when you're up there that just are like, you're just scum. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're waiting to steal somebody's song or you just are loud, obnoxious. You're telling a lie. Like, yeah, boy, I've met so many people that's like, yeah, I've got a deal. A record. The deal. name droppers. They're yeah. my favorite. Oh God. I hate them. I, I should <laughs> say, ah, God, I hate that shit. Well, we was at red door not long ago and there was this dude, he got called out by his best friend and it was absolutely wonderful. Dude was like showing me a picture of him. Dude was showing me a picture of him and Co. Wetzel. He was trying to get on my show, and uh, I'm very picky about the musicians that I allow on my show. Like, as I just, oh, I'm not, that makes me feel good. Yeah, Thanks. you're very welcome. Uh, I, I'm not having a shitty artist or somebody who doesn't have something worth saying or a story on my show. I just, I'm not going to do it. I've been given this platform, being in the top one percent in the world, and I'm just not. I'm not going to just put anybody on here. But this dude was at Red Door, and he was showing me pictures of him and Co. Wetzel. And uh, I'm a big Co. Wetzel guy. And dude was, like, taking a shot with him. And he was like, yeah, man, Co's my guy. Uh, it was just great running into him the other night and all this kind of stuff. And his buddy was belligerent drunk behind him. And he was like, you can shut the hell up now. You bought him a shot, begged him to take it with you and take the picture. And then he shooed you away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, dude got super embarrassed, but I was laughing my fat ass off because that's what everybody wants to do up there. If you shake somebody's hand one time, oh, this is my guy. You're going to use that name to get into somewhere or try to get into somewhere. And it's, I hate that shit. Yep. Yep. Because then you run into him. It always comes back around. Oh, yeah. Like, if you do that, always comes back around, you know? Uh, yeah. uh, somebody asked me, and I'm a name drop. Uh, somebody asked me after me and Bobby Pinson did the show the other day, because uh, when we were at, at their studio, they were like, "Are you writing songs with Bobby Pinson now?" And I was like, "Absolutely not. I am a t-ball player. You're talking about a legend. <laughs> like, no, Bobby Pinson probably wouldn't listen to a fucking song that I've wrote, and I don't, I don't blame him. Um, and like, oh well, you should probably tell people like." You don't have to tell them why you were at that studio, but it'll get you in some other doors. And I was like, no, the first time I ever told that lie would be the last time that these people do my show are going to respect me. And they're going to be like, you're so full of shit. Like, I don't, I don't even want to be around you. Literally. It always, it always <laughs> comes back around. What, uh, do, yes, you, it does. do you have anything before we get off here in just a few minutes, anything that you want to promote, anything you want to put out there that you've got any shows or Anything that uh that you know next time you're gonna be in Nashville if you got any writers rounds booked or anything? I don't as of right now. I mean I'm playing just check my website for shows. Um I don't have anything huge coming up, but really just like if you don't know who I am, listen to my music and I probably have something for everyone. Um, especially if you've been through a lot or are a mom or have kiddos, you know up kiddos whatever um i try to write music that's just really real and sometimes more honest than <laughs> i should be i don't um, think you should ever I, stop that don't ever ever stop you be as honest as you can be well and like i feel like and you'll, you'll relate to this i think like we'll be in a in a um in a writing session and i'll be with like you know an incredible incredible writer and they just overthink like yeah. so much. And so every, any time that happens, I just go, girl, I know your favorite beer because you told me. So I bought it. That's a line in a number one country song. Let's not overthink it. Like it's the dumbest line that's ever been written in my opinion. <laughs> girl, I know your favorite beer because you told me. So I bought it. Like me and you, we don't need be, to. Me and you could be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like, what? That's a line in it. Okay, cool. We cool. we legit will get drunk, and we will break down lyrics, and it's just like, how the fuck am I stressing myself out so much to try to do something, and this is in a song? Just say what you want to say. Yeah. It's either, say what you want to say. It's either gonna work or it's not. When you've got some, when you got people like Randy Hauser and Jamie Johnson and all these folks that don't even get radio play the way they should, and then you hear what's on there, you could about throw a dart at the wall and just put random words on the wall and piece shit together. Look, Brian had one margarita. I mean, come on, you could. It's. I, I drive myself nuts with it. I know it's insane. It's insane to me 
that, you know, and I think it's, I think it's a huge issue. And that's why like labels aren't taking people to radio anymore because radio is just not where it's at anymore. I mean, they're playing the same songs over and over and over and over again. And they are, you know, you, you said it earlier, like it takes a great song to be able to, to release good songs. And if that isn't the truth, because you hear songs on the radio and you're like, this is terrible. And if like, it wasn't this artist releasing it, it would, people would laugh. People would literally laugh. They would be like, never is anyone going to release that song. Um, but because they're who they are, it, you know, goes Turn, to number one. Turns to gold. Uh, and that uh -huh. shit drives me up the wall because you've, you've had to see it in writer's rounds. You will have a guy on stage or a woman on stage that does not fit that Nashville mold. They don't have, I don't want, whatever they say, like the it factor with appearances. I don't know what it is because there's so many different looks or whatever. But they'll play a great song. They'll play a song that everybody in the audience, as soon as you hear the hook, or as soon as you get done with it, you're crying or you're happy, you're laughing, you get a real reaction. And it blows my mind every time that those people aren't the ones that are in the top 40, that are in the top 100, that they're the ones that should be getting radio play. I almost wish we would go back to the system it was back in the 70s to where if it was a good song, it got put out. They didn't care what you – you got some of the ugliest people in the world making music in the 70s, but it was the best music in the world. Totally. And I mean, you go back, you look at Janis Joplin. My dog looks better than Janis uh, Joplin. Like they, I don't know which one I would fucking shake off my leg first. Like that, that, right? But I would listen to her sing the phone book if I could. Like, I'd do anything to go back in time and see her play a show. Like it, to me, it should always be about the art. It should be about the best should be out there. It shouldn't be just because, and I like Hardy and I like Waddling just as much as the next guy, but every great song is getting pitched to them and it's staying away from everybody else. And they could, they could sing the worst shit ever. It's still going to go number one while you got somebody's mm -hmm. put all their heart and soul into a song. That's not even touching a chart. Yep. It's so true. It's, it's honestly, I hope it changes eventually, but I I don't see that happening for right now anyway. Well, I see like folks with you that have these huge social media followings, but you have the talent too. Like it's not where everybody wants to give Trey Lewis or Priscilla a hard time. And I love both of them. I've known them for a long time. They had the talent to back up their the the social media when they blew up on social media. They were already around yeah. writing smashes. And just being good people. A lot of these folks are fixing to fall off, in my opinion, because they they don't have the talent. Like they might have blew up on social media, but they don't have the backing. They don't have the heart, the soul, the tools that it takes. And they're gonna disappear as quick as they appeared. And I, I, yeah. I don't feel that way about you though. I feel like because what you got yeah. with your following is gonna take. And I like your music. I, I listened to the Lego song earlier. I it about made me cry, to be honest with you. Uh, I was uh -huh. in, I was in a car I was in a car rider line and I kind of picked up on some things in it um, and I was like this is this is a sweet ass song um, I'm gonna have to listen to some more of them but uh but yeah drop a drop your social media I ain't gonna take up no more of your time um but drop your social media and all that kind of stuff and I hope things keep going good for you and uh, next time Thank you're around you. Nashville you you, uh, you ought to come have a beer I would love that that would be awesome. 
Yeah, my social is all just at Brittany Kella. My mom spelled my name really awesome. So it's B-R-I-T-N-E-E and Kellogg like the cereal. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank each and thank every one of y'all. You. You're very welcome. And thank each and every one of y'all for listening to the Josh Terry podcast. I will catch y'all next time. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, there's these two white girls. And they did this dance. And you know these bitches didn't learn that dance at the country club. Like the, the way that they were throwing them hips and stirring the pot and cooking up the crack and everything that they were doing in the song. I commented on the video and I was like, look, these two bitches just killed it, but their dads are not paying tuition anymore. Like <laughs> there's, there's no way they just found out she'd been to the trap. Like oh, shit dude. like that. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna make this video. I'll make this video right now. But the second I did, I knew somebody was like, you racist piece of shit. <laughs> and like all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, you don't learn that fucking dance in the way. And I, I ain't got nothing against anything like that. I, I love black girls. I love everybody. I'm, I, I don't have a preference when it comes to women. So like, that's why it's, I think it's funny for me to say that kind of stuff because I'm not racist. Yeah. And I was trying to make the point, but then I knew the second I posted it, that's all you were going to get. Or you would get the other side of it. And you'd get this extreme honky son of a bitches that would yeah. be like, fuck yeah, white power and all that type of <laughs> shit. Like shit like that. And it's like, I don't want to fucking feed into that either. I get fucking comments all the time. And people are like, why don't you have a black character? And I'll, and I'll, I'll fucking try and tell them. I'm like, well, all the characters are me. So yeah. I mean, what, what the fuck? You, I mean, is blackface an option now because you want a black character? Boy, you get canceled. It would be funny. I know good goddamn well it'd be I mean, funny, it, brother. But I wouldn't last 10 it, fucking minutes. No, everybody take it wrong. Yeah. The, the, there would be so many people take it wrong. But it's like I'm my favorite comedians of all time is Richard Pryor's number one, Chappelle's number two. Yeah. And they could talk all the shit in the world about different cultures, different races, and everything. Because people knew it wasn't coming from a bad place. Yeah. Me and you, we don't have enough. We couldn't do that. that. We no. can't do it. We can't do Could it. Could not do it. And Could it's because people don't know us well enough. They know your characters. They know me from the show. I've made some some stupid fucking jokes on here, but yeah. like there there's certain lines that you know not to cross until you get to a certain place. Bill Burr is hilarious to me, and I just heard this whole fucking set that he did uh, from this past weekend or past couple months at Red Rock. And, like, in the day and age we live in, I was like, are you shitting me? He had enough <laughs> balls to get up there and do that? I'm telling you, man, fucking race, religion, politics, you're walking down yeah. a fucking red clay road and white cowboy boots, son. I'm talking about fresh snakeskin. You are fucking up. Yeah. You take one wrong step, it's over. Yeah, it's done, dude. When I first started the show, it was called Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. Like because yeah. I wanted people to be able to come on this show and just like that song from Sammy Kershaw, uh, let's talk about politics, religion, or her. Anything but politics, religion, and her. I wanted people to get the play on words that I did there to where you could talk about whatever you wanted to on this show. Like yeah. nothing was off limits. Whatever that didn't mean that's what the show was about. But the fact that that was the name of the show until January of this year, when my sponsors was like, "Dude, you got to change that." We're like, yeah. "You're, you're going to make way more money if you change it." Just go to the Josh Terry podcast. You, you got to tread like Yeah, they were like, "Look, you've not done a single show that has really offended a large mass of people yet." I have pissed some people off, but yeah. it's not enough for it fucking mattered. And 
a second I changed it to just the Josh Terry podcast. We changed the logo and everything behind it and all that kind of stuff. There were musicians and there was other people that I didn't have to explain to them anymore. Once you have to explain the idea of your show, yeah. you know, they're, they're not coming on it. They're yeah. like, cause they think they were going to have to talk about politics or religion with me. And yeah. I never saw that side. I was like, why the fuck do they think? And then I got it. And so now we get people that we would have never got before. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, it's the little shit like that. You know what I mean? Like people take it for what the fuck is on the cover of the book 99% of the time. Like when I, when I started my page for shit, I had like 300,000 followers and that was it. My profile picture was me, like a picture of me. I changed my profile picture to over my logo with a hard hat on it. Immediately fucking blew up. Yeah. I'm talking about the hard hat changed everything. I started saying, I started doing straight construction shit instead of just doing dumb jokes by myself. I made a whole entire uh, cast of people by myself, different views and stuff like that. When I went from just telling dumb jokes to telling dumb jokes about myself with fucking construction in it, oh, it was a whole different ballgame. Man, and you just said the perfect thing, too. You have to pick on yourself. Like, you, you have to. to give yourself shit. I believe that if you give yourself uh, the most shit and then you start fucking with other people, too, that's when you blow up because people yeah. don't want you just to make fun of folks. I was, I've always been surprised with Nunley that he hasn't got, and I don't ever want him to because I love what he does, but I've always thought this dude has to catch the most shit. Like stitching just a little bit of the video. Oh yeah. But he figured out a way to do it to where people love it. And if that had been me, I just know oh. that I come off wrong. I come off a hundred percent like just full blown dickhead. He's got a talent to where it's smooth when he does it. He just he just rolls in. He's part of the video. If yeah. me or you were to do what he does, the only fucking comment we'd get is be like, "You're stealing fucking content." That's exactly. That's exactly You're just stealing that. it. You're it off other people's work. That's what we did. I know. He he's smooth with it, man. I can't. Yeah. yeah. And then like the fact that a lot of folks, you, him, some other people have turned in their I, I don't like the word gimmick, but it is like what you came up with to make your stuff work. You've yeah. turned it into a whole brand. You turn it into a yeah. whole business to where now when people look at you. They, they they probably call you by your character's name probably just as much as they call your name. Most people, most people really that I meet, run into, meet me in public, recognize me anything, nobody knows my name. I'm just the boss. That's yeah. it. Nobody knows shit. And yeah. then like, uh, so I was on, I took my buddy as well machine up to a job like a couple months back. Man, I pulled onto the job site at shift change. And there was just a shit ton of people. Though. Is that the fucking boss? Is that Ricky? All kind of shit. Because I was in my truck. I got a big-ass Ricky sticker on my truck. And people were tripping shit. Nobody knew my name. Nobody had any fucking idea who I was. All I knew was the character. That was it. Yeah, I had for the longest time the bearded bastard face yeah. uh, on all my stuff. And I had to take it off. Yeah. Like, I won't, I won't, which I haven't been called that in years. But I won't put it back on anything or even use that logo because people didn't know my name. Like when I, when I went to for my first interview in radio, yeah, they asked me straight up. I was like, well, uh, you're going to have to change your name going into this. Cause we can't say bearded bastard. We can call you BB, 
or whatever. I was like, no, if I'm fucking taking this step and ever like this yeah, step and getting moving better, on from that, yeah, yeah, you're calling me Josh Terry. Yeah. Like, and they're like, well, people are not going to know you. And I'm like, well, fuck them. If, yeah. if they can't see it's just me with a different name, like I have to drop this for radio, then I don't want them to probably follow me because they're morons. Exactly. Hey, most folks really do not know that I'm the same character. Like they don't know that I play all the characters. Like that I will meet ridiculous. It is. I will meet people over half the people I meet. Like they'll be like, Hey man, good to meet you. Can we take a picture? And then I'll be like, was Roscoe here? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, yo, yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's here. He's like, well, we're going to wait for him. Boy, that's I'm crazy. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. I was making a fucking joke here, but I'm Roscoe. Yeah. Well, no, he's older, man. He's way older than you. I'm like, it's a geez. filter. Yeah. Then I got to explain to him what Snapchat filters are. Yeah. And it, it won't, and it really won't be old folks. It'll be like guys in their 20s, guys in their 30s. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you, my man? Like, you grew up with this. Dude. So uh, if you go look at my Instagram or anything, I'm around a lot of women. And yeah. 99.9% of them are just friends. Nothing's ever happened, whatever. The guys in their early 20s that yeah. are just fucking morons. And like my show's like 80% women that listen anyway. These guys in their early 20s, every time I'm at a bar or whatever, it never, ever fails. The dudes are like, hey, man, you must get laid 24 hours <laughs> a day non-stop these women are beautiful and they're talented like what do we got to do like can you introduce them to some of us they don't realize like half these bitches are married and yeah. like th their husband's the one taking the picture it's our career like i'm surrounded around the reason why i don't have a bad reputation with women is first off if you're married you're off limits regardless i'm not flirting with you i ain't buying like, i got one friend i'll buy her a drink because she's just in country music and we're buddies yeah. outside of that if you're married your husband can buy your ass shit i ain't <laughs> i ain't i ain't buying you nothing unless i buy your husband a drink too and he's there yeah. with us I, that's, that's right. it but these guys they don't understand it people really think that the stuff that we put out on social media is 100 us all the time the stuff that i put on social media is me but it's me turned up to fucking 10 i'm yeah. not at a 10 all the time Got that right. I, I'll tell you, it's crazy. So, like, when I was just meeting and shit, women will come up to me, and everybody just assumes I'm single because, you know, I've never really do nothing about my wife. Yeah. And when they're, they're walking, are you single? I'm like, no, it's my wife right here. She's, she's going to take the picture of us together for you. Like, this is her right here. And they'll be like, oh, we didn't know you were married. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, does it matter? Yeah. And they're like, they're like, well, we just thought, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you thought that we were going to do. <laughs> But uh, and we weren't. Hey, look, I'm the piece of shit that takes advantage of that. I don't expect you to, uh, because you're married <laughs> and everything. But look, I am one of those. First off, I was the ugly kid in high school. Yeah. I was. I didn't. If you go back and you look at pictures of me without a beard, without you know, I'm not in shape by any means, but I'm in a little bit better shape than I was back a couple years ago. I take advantage of the situation, but I tell the women beforehand, it's like, look, I used to say I'm not putting you on social media if we're dating, we're talking or whatever, because it just makes yeah. it weird. And then you got to explain to everybody if you don't work out 
or whatever, and I ain't about it. Like that's the one part of my life that I keep private. Like if I'm seeing somebody or whatever, the only person that really needs to know it is her and my friends and my family because yeah. pe- people will ruin that shit in a heartbeat. They will Please. be all over you and trying to drive you. There's a lot of women. Everybody says men are the worst. But I'm not even there. No, women. Women in, will put out. Yep. Women will put out so much fucking effort to fuck something up. Yep. It is unreal. So I used to have to fucking like people would message me and be like, "What's your address?" And I would give my PO box number because usually they'd want to send me like a hard hat sticker or a hat or you know some something. Like, okay, here you go. Now I have to ask, what are you sending me first? Because I'm not going to give it to you if it's something fucking crazy. Because I got on a run there where I was making, uh, I was making like sexual dating kind of videos about dating jokes and uh, fine bitches and blah, 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 blah. Somehow I got into his little criteria where women were sending me dirty panties yeah. for like a month straight. <laughs> and I was, because I had made it, I had made a joke about that, about dirty panties in the mail. And that's how we used to get it on. You know, my old character, he's like, we'd telegram a titty pick and a heartbeat, some dumb shit like that. And I started getting dirty underwear in the fucking. Now I'm son. I'm talking about son. These were fucking sailing kites. These bitches were units, and they were not just worn on a daily basis. These motherfuckers been on for a month. They made the stank count when they put in that envelope. Damn. So I had to like go full on and really wind that content back because women are crazy. They are psycho. They will do some off the wall shit just because they want to on a random day. Man, they're insane. Uh, I I've seen it. If I if I am lonely and ain't fucking with nobody, yeah. nobody touches me. Now I'm talking about this dries the Sahara Desert. <laughs> you let me post something that looks like I'm even slightly into somebody or slightly romantic with someone. Like come out of the woodwork. Oh my God! There's a thousand bitches that's mad that I'm not paying them attention <laughs> that I didn't know that wanted my attention. Yeah. They're like, oh, I guess it's just not my time anymore, huh? Or yeah. I messaged you some dumb shit. Oh, and then they blow, they post stuff constantly all over your social media. Oh, and, yeah. and then, like, you got to explain to the person you're with or whatever. It's like, I don't know why the fuck they're doing this. Like, yeah. they, they literally are insane. But I've only, out of like, out of like six million followers or whatever I got put together, I've only had two straight up psychotic ass woman really full on go all out and like message my wife saying good luck honey because I'm fucking coming for it and I'm like motherfucker son and I'm talking about it was crazy because my wife was like do you know this girl I was like yes I do she comments on every single video every single post on every single platform multiple times all the time I was like I know exactly that is and it's crazy because some of them will go fucking all out Message my wife, done friend requested my mom, all kind of shit. Yeah, dude, it's it's insane. Uh, I I just don't see why people are like they. It makes shit hard. I'm glad you and your wife got a good relationship though. It seems like y'all are like oh, it's, really good. She thought it was hilarious. She laughed when we got our first pair of dirty panties in the mail, and they were like 42 inch waistband panties. That's my I'm panties. You, yeah, she <laughs> she laughed. So motherfucking hard that it was unreal. I'm talking about these are like quadruple XL granny panties with a shit stain in the back <laughs> and a love letter. 
she laughed so fucking hard for so long. I thought I was going to have to take this bitch to hospital because she was hyperventilating. Hold on just a second. I got to piss real quick. All right, Jen. Oh, you got a nice ass chair back there. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You didn't even say that thing, did you? Good job. Well, I didn't want to rush us ending this, and I was over here doing the piss dance. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, I know we're fit to be done in just a second, but I didn't want to like, hey, bye, motherfuckers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to piss so bad. That's what I'll do to like a boring-ass show. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry if any of the previous shows listening to me say that, by the way. But, <laughs> hey, look, when I got to go, I got to go. I'm old now. That bladder, yeah. ain't, that bladder ain't what it used to be. It's been scarred. Um, <laughs> But anyway. um. We're going to have to get together sometime soon, though, man. I'm going to be in – I know i got a bunch of events coming up. I'm going to be in LS Fest in Kentucky uh, in September. I'm going to Bristol in September. Uh, so that's up near you. And then, obviously, i got SEMA out in November in Vegas. i got something coming up in North Carolina. So I'm going to have to pass right by you when I go to North Carolina. Well, I'm in I'm in Georgia, but I'm in Nashville a lot, too. Like, I'm about 50-50 now. Yeah. Um, so I drive but, yeah. across the whole state, all the southern states, when I go up the coast. How, how far are you away from Nashville? Now, uh, six and a half hours. Okay, so you're about as far as I am. Yeah. yeah, I bet. I think I think I've looked it up before. We're like a perfect triangle from my house to your house to Nashville. Yeah. is like seven 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 or something like yeah. that. Well, I'll tell you this before we get off here: if you don't have anything going on the thirty first or the first. We're already getting a big ass Airbnb and everything in Nashville because we're doing that event with the bus, uh, and then we're doing also a show right there at Live Oak on stage and everything. Uh, you and your wife are more than welcome to to come to that. Uh, if y'all don't have anything going on those days, I don't know. You might be you know doing some cupcake work somewhere, <laughs> or, or making some videos. But hey, if you're free, uh, you're our guest and everything. But uh, yeah, we'll get together, we'll play some golf and everything. I want to. There's too many folks that that I know that I've got to meet from Arkansas. Uh, yeah. So one of the guys that's done the, has, has done the show with us a lot lately. He's from Arkansas. His name's Little Skinny. It's Ethan. Uh, I can't ever say Ethan's last name. He's been on American Idol and everything, but he lives in Nashville now. But he's real good friends with John Daly now. Like, he's writing yeah. some of John's albums. So just seems like everybody that we've came in contact with lately has been from Arkansas. Yeah. And, and so you got to get out this way, man. I will, dude. I don't know why. I don't have a good reason why I haven't been out that way. But yeah, but anyway, so dude, uh, thank you for taking time doing this. Drop your social media links real fast. And then uh, when we get done with this, you know, if you could share it, I'd appreciate it. Hey, for sure, my man. Hey, look, if anybody wants to find out who I am, all you got to do is go to any social media platform, type in Ricky and the Boss. Red Stick Ricky, Roughneck Roscoe, the Boss Man, anything like that, you're going to be able to find me real quick and easy. He's the big motherfucker. Justin told me to tell you that you hug real good and you look like a fucking bear. That you are a big motherfucker. So. I, and I'll tell you what, everybody always is like super surprised that I'm a big guy. But I'm like 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds, and I'm in decent shape. Like I look like it. Yeah, I'm not like a – everybody assumes I'm like 5'7 and 380. I don't know why. I how, don't know why. How people big? Are so, some people are so amazed when they meet me. How big is Nunley? I just – I, I want to be taller than Nunley. I want to say – I don't want to – Fuck, I don't want to say he's short. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, he's like, I would say he's like a really, really tall 5'10". 
Oh fuck, you might be taller than me because I'm five ten. So he's like a he's like a really tall. You know how you got like a really short five ten where motherfuckers might be he might be five ten, but he don't look five ten. Yeah. Well he he's definitely five ten. He's more. got that, he's got that slender looking shit. Yeah. See, I'm yeah. not if, I'm I'm stocky. Yeah, if you look at the uh Instagram selfie uh, that we took together, whatever, you can automatically tell like he's up to my shoulder. Like he, I'm a lot taller than he is. Like it makes him look like he's like five foot five, but he's not. He, he's a normal sized guy. The guy who wrote, or one of the guys that wrote Dick Down in Dallas is one of our, yeah. which Trey Lewis is our buddy too, but Matt McKinney. Matt McKinney is six fucking seven. There's a Dude, picture God. of me and him standing on stage together. And he makes me look like I am a little person. I, <laughs> I, I won't take pictures with you motherfuckers no more. I took my buddy, my buddy who owns uh BT uh BT Walters. Um, he owns Dairy Lane. Me and him was just together Saturday night at Musky Nine Bloodlines concert. And BT's like six five, six yeah. three to six five, three hundred something pounds. He's an offensive lineman. Uh, that's what he looks like anyway. And the picture of me and him standing next to each other, people were like messaging me, and I was like, "How fucking big is this guy? And what angle is this at? Because I'm not the, I'm not a small, I'm not short, short." But yeah. five nine five ten is where I'm at, and that's on a good day when my back ain't hurting. Yeah, yeah, dude, you tall motherfuckers. I'm, I got to, I'm standing on stools next to y'all from now on. <laughs> I'll tell you, people. My, my wife's like four eleven. I've seen that y'all like you put her in your fucking pocket. That's what I'm saying. So she's like four eleven, like ninety five pounds, soaking wet. So it's like when me and her go out together, people will be like, "What the fuck's going on here, guy?" Like. You could you couldn't buy one your fucking size, son. I don't want one my size. I yeah. I, I I got a thing for those little ones, those little short yeah. ones. I like short and thick. That's what I like. Yeah, like it it blows people's mind though. Like I shop in the tall section. I wear wide boots. I, I fucking got to wear my my pants are thirty six long. So yeah. it's like, you know, I'm I'm a bigger guy, and it just blows fucking people away. Blows them away on under meat grades. So like, damn. This is crazy because I'll be walking through a crowd and I can see over 80% of the people there. And that's how people are recognized because I'm the only motherfucker that can see over my, over everybody. Yeah. I wear 32s. So now I hate <laughs> you a little bit more because that means you've got at least four inches on me. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, well, dude, man, I appreciate you doing the show and hanging out for a little bit. We'll get together soon. Uh, if y'all can make it to Nashville at the beginning of another month, y'all come on. But Hey, also too, I messaged Justin. Well, we've been messing it the whole time. Uh, the 6th through the 12th, I'll be down at PCB. A lot of us from social media and songwriters in Nashville and everything. And uh, we're going to play some golf. So maybe, you know, you get a wild hair in your ass. I might slide down and catch 18 with y'all. Hey, come on. Me, you, and him, and my buddy Dustin here, and all of us playing a scramble together or something. Well, I can only imagine the shit that would be taught. I've got a great idea for a podcast, and I'm gonna call it the Back Nine series. When I start doing it, it's when oh, yeah. me and some folks get shit faced, hammered. Because that that trash talking you have with your buddies on a golf course should be documented. It uh, should be. It, Man, the back all the back people off the drive challenge is one of the best TikTok trends I've ever seen. God, yes. That's I love it. I love it. They get nasty with it. We would have to, boy. I could only imagine what the fuck we would say to each other. It, I I don't think you could air it all. I don't think you could. You'd have to censor it. Oh, uh, you fucking would definitely. But anyway, dude. Well, you have a good night up in Arkansas. I appreciate doing the show and and everything. Is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? 
I'm a man always good talking to you, and I'll be back before you know it. Yes, sir. Well, folks, thank you all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast. I'll catch you all next time.